On today's Daily Slab, we have a little Thursday trivia for you. We are also going to look at Zion and his down market. And we are going to cover the most panini thing I think I have ever seen. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Daily Slab. Welcome everyone to the Daily Slab. I am Nate, and our trender for today is Zion Williamson. And it's because he has not exactly had the best of times in his NBA career. So obviously he was the number one pick, right? He was the number one pick. Everyone had high, high hopes for the 6'6 power forward, I guess you could say, that could jump through the roof um, and was, you know, 280 pounds. Well, since he's been drafted, he has only played 114 games in four seasons. Drafted four seasons ago, only 114 games. There's 82 games in a season, which means he hasn't even played a year and a half worth of games in four years. Uh, that's not exactly what the Pelicans were hoping for. And the reason for this is because of injuries, including a hamstring injury this last year that limited Zion to only 29 games. And not only did he miss the end of the season, but he also missed the play-in game. Now, he was out there doing windmill dunks and everything, and people were a little bit upset. And then he came out and said that he's healthy, but he, he's not Zion yet. So he didn't want to go out there and play, which also was kind of confusing. Because if you can windmill dunk, you can probably play the game of basketball. And if you are able to play, you should play, at least in my mind and most other people's minds. Especially if you're getting paid a ton of money. Regardless if you feel like yourself or not, it's what you get paid to do. Imagine if you were in a different job, literally any job. Imagine if you're a teacher and you just went up and said, I don't feel like myself today, so I'm not going to teach the kids. That would never fly. You would end up getting fired sooner rather than later, and yet a professional athlete can do that. So people were upset, but then... Uh, it came out that he actually wasn't even cleared for five-on-five five practice yet. So it wasn't actually like he was close to playing. So I'm not 100% sure why he mentioned any of the things he mentioned if he wasn't actually cleared for five-on-five five practice. Because if he wasn't cleared for that, he also wouldn't have been cleared for the game. So it could have just been really easy on him and everyone else to just mention that first. As opposed to it getting mentioned days later and having everybody up in arms. But regardless of all of that, Zion and his career still have not gone to plan, and his cards have been absolutely tanking. So we're looking at his blue PSA 10 here, his Prism Blue PSA 10, a major card in the sports card market, Prism Blues. And you can see the price here. It is down 64% all time, and that is from its first sale, not from its height. And you can see it's down $6,400. Um, it's new value is $3,550. Not great uh, for all the people that spent a ton of money on this card, hoping that he would become the next great thing. And instead, all he has done is play 114 games. So we'll see what happens next year if he stays healthy. But at some point, and this is coming from a guy who is a big Zion fan because of when he was first entering the league and he was injured, uh, people were like, oh, Zion's already a bust this, Zion's already a bust that, and he hadn't got to play, and I love a good underdog, even if that underdog is the number one pick in the draft. So I'm a big Zion fan, and I will say this. The way he has gone about health and everything and the comments I hear from his teammates, wildly disappointing. 
You have all the talent. It's like Andrew Wiggins, except not health-wise, but uh, effort-wise. You have all the talent in the world to be one of the best basketball players in the world. All you have to do is put in the work. And um, it seems like Zion doesn't want to put in the work, maybe. And that's just speculation on my part from hearing things that CJ McCollum and all those guys said. But you have all the talent in the world. All of it. So many people would die, would die to have a tenth of Zion's talent basketball-wise, or a hundredth. And so to see him wasting it, just like Andrew Wiggins for the longest time couldn't be bothered to play defense or grab a rebound, it is frustrating to us fans uh, looking from afar. All right, let's do a little Thursday trivia. I'm going to give you the question, and then I will give you the answer at the end of the show. So Thursday trivia... Who's the fastest pitcher in MLB history to 200 strikeouts in their career? So who is the fastest pitcher in MLB history to 200 strikeouts in their career? And I will give you the answer at the end of the show. All right, let's move on to the post of the day. And this is actually a story post from Manny Bing Manny. Shout out from the Too Thick podcast. And he posted what is perhaps the most Panini thing I have ever seen. And you can see here Trey Young on a Monopoly card, um, the brand new Monopoly set. And who is guarding Trey Young in this photo? But Atlanta Hawks players. Now, if that seems weird to you, you'll know why. Trey Young's an Atlanta Hawk. If that didn't seem weird to you, well, know that that is his teammates. And uh, that would literally never happen. So, the most Panini thing in the history of the world is for them to Photoshop a guy into a card against his own teammates. I have no idea why they did it. Makes no sense. But it is, honestly, the most Panini thing I think I have ever seen. Just when Panini doesn't seem like they can stoop any lower, they manage to find a new way. And here is a new way. Photoshopping a player playing against his own team's on, own team on a basketball card. All right, and our answer for Tuesday's trivia, who is the fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts in their career? And that is Spencer Strider, who just did it two nights ago. Uh, he got to his 200th strikeout in his exactly 130th inning, which bested Randy Johnson, who previously had done it in 130 and two-thirds innings. So he was two outs away from tying Randy Johnson. He did it two outs better than Randy Johnson. I think that's pretty cool. The other thing I think cool is that if you look up Randy Johnson and Spencer Strider on Card Ladder, you can find their highest sale prices of all time. And they both just happened one day apart. Randy Johnson's all-time highest sale happened on the uh, September 6th of 2022. And Spencer Strider's happened on September 7th of 2022. Randy Johnson's all-time high card was this $7,000 1997 Flair Showcase Legacy Collection Rose Zero 101 BGS 8.5. That sold for $7,000. A very nice card. Uh, a lot of people love the Flair uh, Row cards. You know, Row Zero, Row One, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's the Peyton Mannings and everything like that. People love them. I think I have an Alonzo Morning around here of that card. So, very nice card selling for $7,000. But then you have Spencer Strider, whose most expensive card of all time 
is more expensive than that with his 2020 Bowman Chrome Red Auto number to 5 PSA 10 that sold for $8,800 on the 7th of September. That's $1,800 more than Randy Johnson's most expensive card. Um, which, if that seems crazy to you, that's because it is. And I know that the times are different, right? Randy Johnson didn't have Bowman Chrome rookies. In fact, his nicest card is a 1989 OPG uh, rookie, right? Um, that they're pretty expensive, but they're not $8,800. And then you get, you know, Bowman, Bowman Red, Bowman Superfractors, stuff like that, where it becomes insanely, insanely expensive. So. Pretty cool, pretty cool to see, but also pretty crazy to see that these two guys, same record, uh, almost, for stri 200 strikeouts in a career, and yet price is completely different with Spencer Strider, a guy who has not done anything close to Randy Johnson's career, $1,800 more expenses, expensive for his most expensive card. And one last thing, if you want to join me tonight on the Whatnot on Slabstock's Whatnot channel to rip a little Topps Chrome Sapphire F1, uh, you can do that tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It will be our last Formula One cards for a while at the very least. So if you are looking for that last taste of Formula One from Slabstock's, you can join me tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, always a good time, and I look forward to finally ripping the last of the Formula One and seeing if I can maybe hit that elusive Pad Verdasha. All right, thank you everyone for watching today's Daily Slab. If you enjoyed this video, please click that like, and don't forget to hit that subscribe, and I will talk to you tomorrow for the next Daily Slab. See you, everyone.